Welcome to the Thriving in the Kingdom podcast with me, Vincent Kodongo. This is a place where you learn how to function in the kingdom of heaven with optimal fruitfulness through the application of its timeless principles. We have been speaking about the favor of God, and in our last two episodes, we discussed the purpose of the favor of God. In today's episode, we are going to begin to explore how we can unlock the favor of God. The kingdom keys for unlocking the favor of God. So the first uh, key for unlocking the favor of God is to become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. To become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus ushered a season of favor when he came. But for us to appropriate this favor, we have to become citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Every nation has privileges and rights that are reserved for its citizens. The kingdom of heaven, being a country in itself, a nation, a governmental body, has rights and privileges reserved for its citizens only. One of these privileges is the favor of God. To become a citizen of the a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you have to repent of your sins and accept Jesus Christ as your as, as the Savior and Lord of your life. When you do this, the Holy Spirit causes you to be born into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, you acquire citizenship in the kingdom of heaven by birth. So, so we're speaking about being born again. You're speaking about rebirth spiritual rebirth by the Holy Spirit. That's how you acquire the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven. Without that, you cannot uh, begin to walk in the uh, favor of God as intended in Christ Jesus, as, as uh, depicted in the, in, the, in the New Testament when Jesus came and when he proclaimed the acceptable year of the Lord. <clears throat> so let's look at the scriptures what, what, in terms of uh, acquiring citizenship. Assuming you are listening to this podcast and you are not a citizen of the kingdom, how do you acquire this citizenship? Because you can be somebody who attends church regularly, somebody who is even a member of a church or a member of a denomination, or you pray or you do things that that you feel that are, are godly, but if you are not a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, then you you are then you will not enjoy the favor of God because being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you have to go through the process of spiritual rebirth. It's not about church attendance. Church attendance is a, the gathering of people who are kingdom citizens. And some of the people who come to those gatherings are not citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So the scripture says in uh, John chapter 3 uh, from verse uh, 3 to 8, it says, Uh, This was Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. Then he says, uh, uh, in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Some other versions will speak about no one can enter the kingdom of heaven. So then he says, uh, how can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked, surely he he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water 
and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. The spirit is capital S, giving birth to small s. That's the Holy Spirit giving birth to spirit, to our spirit. You should not be uh, surprised uh, at what uh, at what my, my saying. You should not be surprised at my saying. You must be born again. You see, so so Jesus was speaking about being entering the kingdom of heaven. You have to be born into it. You acquire citizenship by being born into the kingdom of heaven. And also, just reaffirm uh, this uh, reality. We see that uh, Apostle Paul writing to the church uh, in Philippi, that's uh, to the Philippians, uh, in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, this is what he says. He says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so, so that they will be like his glorious body. So he's speaking about our citizenship being in heaven. And then also, uh, just speaking therefore, that's, that's in regard to citizenship. So therefore, just to reaffirm the fact that when now we acquire citizenship uh, by accepting Jesus Christ, then we have access to it's one of the it's it's a one it's a, it's a, the primary the, the the first key that we get in terms of unlocking the favor of God is a key for unlocking the favor of God. <clears throat> so the scripture says this in Ephesians chapter one verse from verse three uh, to six. It says, "Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ." You see. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in, in, in his sight, in love. He predestined us, uh, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us given us in the one he loves so you see these benefits that have come to us that uh, we are blessed with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms how by virtue of being in christ then he speaks about uh, uh about the fact that uh that that uh he has freely given us the grace he's speaking about it in, in verse uh, five and six he says uh verse six says to the praise of his glorious grace grace is another name for favor which he has freely given us in the one he loves so the grace of god the favor of god is given to us in christ the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places have been accorded to us in christ they have been granted us in christ so when you come into the kingdom of heaven <clears throat> you begin to you enter into a realm of grace a realm of the favor of god so the first key for unlocking the favor of God is to be to to is to to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior to become a citizen of the kingdom of God. I'll add one more scripture in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 and 7 it says and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace 
yeah, favor, yeah, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So you see, we have been elevated to a, a, an enviable position, seated with Christ far above all rule and authority and every uh, every power and dominion and every title that can be given not only in the present age but in the one to come just by virtue of coming into Christ. So when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior and you become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, then you have used the first key to enter into a dimension of favor, the realm of favor. That's how you unlock the favor of God. <clears throat> the second uh, key for unlocking the favor of God, because favor in di- is in diverse dimensions, is in different dimensions, so another key in having started by being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, another key that you use uh, based on that is is to be a person after God's heart. A person after God's heart. A person after God's heart is one who has a God-centered worldview. It's not self-centered. It's not people-driven. It's God-centered. <clears throat> yeah, It's a God-centered worldview. He is committed to express his love and passion for God through total obedience uh, 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 to the uh, greatest, to the total obedience of the greatest commandment. Total obedience to the greatest commandment. That is to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That is the greatest commandment. And we can see this uh, from the scriptures in terms of just reaffirming what the greatest command commandment is uh, from the, the book of Matthew when Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees, uh, having uh, resp- responding to them, having asked him a question, the, the Bible says this in Matthew chapter uh, 22, verse 34 to 38, it says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, uh, uh, okay, yeah, just up to 38, so this is the first and, se- and greatest commandment. So it's about loving the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. See, so uh, it's written writing the same. So it's about uh, loving the Lord with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. So that is a person after God's heart. It's a command from God. So if you're committed to obey that command of giving yourself wholly to the Lord in obedience, because uh, even Jesus said that uh, if you love me, you'll obey my commands, then you're a person after God's own heart. And when you do this, what what happens? uh, When you do this in terms of uh, speaking about from the perspective of favor, when you see this in uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, this is what the scripture says. It says, uh, 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 it says uh, uh, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. When you, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. You see? So it says like when you favor, when you go for favor and faithful, love, for love and faithfulness, huh? And it says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. So you win favor by expressing love and faithfulness. And you have seen that uh, 
the first, the greatest commandment has to do with loving the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and soul. So when you do that, you unlock favor. And uh, Proverbs chapter sixteen, verse seven, uh, it says, uh, it says, uh, uh, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. So you see, this is also another dimension of favor of as you please God, as you are obedient to God, and you please Him, then you unlock the favor. Of, of, of God. So uh, a person after God's heart spends unhurried time with the Lord with the goal of building a strong relationship with him. He hungers and thirsts for God, not the things that God gives. His desire is for God himself. God describes uh, David as a man after his heart. Is after his own heart. He says, I have found a man after my own heart. That's what he told uh, Samuel. After Saul had uh, disobeyed him, and uh, this is a uh, uh, this is uh, recounted in uh, Acts chapter thirteen verse twenty two. It says, uh, after removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him, "I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do." So you see, it's a person who is committed to obeying God. And it's a person who has a desire and a passion for God. One of the things that God, David was committed to, beyond the, in addition to uh, uh, loving uh, the, the, the laws of God and, and pursuing after God, obeying God, was that he spent time with God, quality time, in prayer and in worship. And in fact, uh, the psalmist illustrates uh, this kind of uh, hunger and thirst for God, uh, which is an expression of the becoming a person when you are a person after god's heart then you are a person who have a hunger and thirst for god and this is described in psalms uh, 42 verse 1 to 2 it says as the deer pants for streams of water so my soul pants for you O god my my soul thirsts for god for the living god where can i go and meet with god so you see, this is hunger and thirst for God. So a person after God's heart has a, a desire, a deep desire for God, a deep a, a desire to spend quality time with God, to go after God. And this person's uh, uh, desire is, is not about the things that God gives, money. And uh, the person may not even be praying about favor or wisdom or power, but as they pursue God, God just endows and endues them with the, with the power and fills them with wisdom and fills them with favor. Many things that people would be asking for, God will just uh, pour upon the person because the person is a person after God's heart. He's a person who's close to you. It's like a person who loves you deeply. When the person loves and uh, loves you deeply, there are things you're able to give them even if they have not asked. You are ready to give them almost practically anything. You see, so that's what happens. The third key uh, for unlocking the favor of God uh, is to be filled with the presence of God. To be filled with the presence of God. The emphasis is the manifest presence of God <coughs> or, or the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, <coughs> uh, there are various dimensions of the presence of God depicted in Scripture. First, there is the omnipresence of God. If you read Psalms 139, 7 to 12, it speaks about God being present, present in the grave, present in uh, 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 
heaven's presence on earth. There is nowhere where you can hide from God. So God is omnipresent. Satan is not omnipresent. That's why the scriptures speak about him um, prowling around like a roaring lion. So he's not omnipresent. It's only God who is omnipresent. So there's the omnipresence of God, God being present everywhere. And then there's the presence of God in heaven. In his, where his, his, and this is depicted in, a, if you read a, the book of Revelation chapter 4, you see a, the vision that John had of a God in heaven, the throne of heaven. So God is in that dimension that we have not yet entered into of the heavens, where his throne is in, in, in eternity. So the, 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 so so in that realm of eternity where time is not a factor, <clears throat> so 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 that's a, the, another dimension of the presence of God, <clears throat> which sometimes you can access by revelation through vision or uh, any prophetic experiences like that, you know. So and then the the third the third uh, dimension of the presence of God is the abiding presence of God in the life of a believer who has become a citizen of the kingdom of God. When you accept Jesus Christ into your as the Lord and Savior of your life, He comes to dwell in you by His Spirit. Yeah, uh, and and then <clears throat> the the other the the fourth one is the the fourth one is the presence of God in the person of His Son Jesus Christ, because Jesus was God in the flesh, and Jesus would tell. Uh, the people that uh, <clears throat> that uh, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So you're saying he's one with the Father. So Jesus was God in the flesh. Says as as the book of uh, John chapter one says uh, that in the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So Jesus is God. So when Jesus walked on earth, he was God in the flesh. So there's a presence of God in that dimension in Christ. And then there is the fifth one is the manifest presence of God by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> the manifest presence of the God, where the Holy Spirit comes and He He can be seen. Uh, uh, let me say he, the effect of His presence can be seen manifesting. Huh? It can be seen uh, not just in, it cannot be it's not just something that we just believe by faith in the spiritual realm, but it's actually reflected. You see the results of and the reflection of the fact of God being with a person or God being expressing Himself in a meeting. Uh, that's the dimension of presence we are speaking about, the manifest presence of God. So every dimension of the presence of God comes with a degree of the expression of his favor. For instance, even the whole world is sustained by the grace of God, and that's why it's not consumed. The Bible says this because of God's mercy that we are, we are for, of his love that we are not consumed, uh, of his compassion that we are not consumed, and, and, and his mercies are new every morning. In, that's in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. Uh, and 23 they are about you see so it speaks about uh, his masses being near every morning his compassions failing not see so so there's a sense in which uh, by virtue of his presence the presence of God in a believer's life the benefit you get by uh, once you have become a citizen of the kingdom of God is the presence of God in heaven there's a, uh, as we will move into that dimension of the new heaven and earth we will no longer have anything that is uh, negative or evil. Uh, you see, so so there's something that shields uh, that presence, that that uh, that uh, that endows that environment of the presence of God. And they say when the, Jesus was present on earth, there was a favor that was in. For example, his disciples need, did not need to fast like the other people who are fasting, because as he was saying, the bridegroom is with them. There was a favor. The favor of God was upon him, and it will uh, influence his uh, his uh, disciples and everything that he, he was doing favor with God and favor with man and and uh, and the one I'm emphasizing on is the manifest presence of God 
being filled with the Spirit of God. We see that in the book of Acts chapter 2, we find that the Spirit of God, first and foremost, in chapter 1, Jesus told his disciples to not leave, do not leave Jerusalem until they endued with power. And the Holy Spirit, he was speaking about the Holy Spirit, that when the Holy Spirit comes, they'll be filled with power uh, and they'll go and become his witnesses. Uh, and the same applies to us. We see this uh, 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 this kind of uh, the baptism of the Spirit now hap happening in Acts chapter 2, where the Spirit came like a rushing of a mighty wind and they're filled with tongues of fire and they began to speak in tongues. Yeah? And in, in other, that's other languages. We see the same also happening in uh, Acts chapter 8 when the apostles went and laid hands on the, the believers in Samaria and they received the Spirit of God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, and then now we see also in Acts chapter 19, uh, we see Paul laying hands, his hands on, the, on, the, on the, the believers in Ephesus and then receiving the, them receiving the Spirit of God and speaking in tongues. In Acts chapter 10, we see the Holy Spirit <coughs> uh, coming upon the, the household of Cornelius, the Gentiles, <coughs> after when Peter was preaching. So we see at the baptism of the Spirit come, the manifest presence of the Spirit coming as he's filling them. We also see Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 9 being filled with the Spirit of God because through Ananias, Ananias was sent by God to go and lay his hand on him for him to receive his sight and be filled with the Spirit of God. So you see, there's a sense in which there's the manifest presence of God expressing itself. And this did not, was not, it's not something that was just limited to the New Testament huh? in terms of manifestation. Huh? In terms of the difference is that in the, in the New Testament, the Spirit of God abides within us. And as we pray or as we worship, uh, he begins to build up and he, he, he manifests through us. Uh, because the same people were baptized in the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 4, now when you come, after they are threatened, he says that after they had prayed, Acts chapter, chapter 4 verse 31, he says after they had prayed, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And that they spoke the word of God in boldness. So it's filling and refilling. So it's something that keeps on going. You are continually filled and refilled. And then also you see in uh, Paul speaking into the uh, church in Ephesus, in Acts, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says about be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a continuous tense. Be, con be being filled. Be continually filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit speaking to one another in Psalms and spiritual songs. You see, so as you praise and worship God, you are filled with the Spirit. And we see this also in Acts chapter 16 uh, where the Spirit of God uh, uh, this manifestation happened as they were praising and worshipping God. The manifest presence of God expressed itself in the sense that there was a mighty earthquake and the whole, uh, all the prison doors were open and everybody's chains was loosed. So, so God manifests himself uh, 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 by his spirit. Yeah? And, and, and this dimension of the presence of God comes with a dimension of favor. As you spend time with him in prayer and in worship, that, that glory, the manifestation of his presence comes with a dimension of glory that, that also uh, in within it has a dimension of favor that you experience. So if you want to experience favor at a higher dimension, be filled with the manifest presence of God. And we can see this in, uh, <clears throat> we can see this in uh, uh, Acts chapter, uh, not in Acts, but uh, in Genesis chapter 39 from verse 2 to 4 concerning Joseph, uh, uh, 2 to 6 actually, it says, uh, the Lord was with Joseph. You see the presence of God. The Lord was with Joseph. Huh? Because God is in the unseen realm. 
So now he says he was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. You see, that's the favor of God manifesting. God is with him and giving him favor in everything he did. Uh, then he says in verse 4, he says, Joseph found favor in his eyes. Favor with God brings favor with, me, with men in some cases, eh? in many cases. Then he says, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted his care uh, uh, to his care everything he owned. From the time he, he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left every, so he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. So we see that because the Lord was with him, there was favor. Favor was accompanying not only Joseph and granting him success, but favor was also reflecting itself in the prosperity of the whole of the 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 the. the the sphere of the authority and influence of Joseph, which is the whole of Potiphar's house, having been promoted. The favor was in his docket, and then now he's been promoted over the whole household. God blessed the entire household because so it's the presence of God that was uh, functioning at that time. And this continued also when he was thrown in prison <clears throat> in, by, after being framed uh, for attempted rape by Potiphar's wife. It says in uh, Genesis chapter, the same chapter 39, from verse. Uh, 20, it's 20 and 21, he says, uh, 2022, he says, uh, Joseph's uh, master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the, the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he made, and he made him responsible for all that was done there. And verse 23 says, the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So you see, the favor of God made because the Lord was with him, it, 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 it granted, it caused the, the warden to, to show favor to Joseph. And the favor of God also caused Joseph to prosper even in prison. So the presence of God in Joseph's life, this presence of God was manifesting itself in the form of supernatural favor supernatural favor and we can see also in second uh, samuel in the in second samuel uh, chapter 6 second samuel chapter 6 from verse 11 uh, to 13 this is about the ark of god after it says uh, it says uh, <coughs> uh, the ark of god uh, the, the, ark of, the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Now, King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. You see, so... The ark of God in the Old Testament represented the presence of God. And so we see here 
the ark of God being placed in a person's house who had not planned because what happened is that uh, somebody had tried to support the ark when it was it stumbled and it was about to fall and God struck that is Uzai struck him dead and now the ark was put in somebody's house because David did not want to take it to the to the palace and so what happened uh, to to uh, to the city of Jerusalem basically he did not want to do that but then what happened is that now when it was placed on Abedadom because of the presence of God as reflected in the ark of the covenant the the, the favor of God just begin to feel to be expressed in the household of Abedadom for those three months uh, to the extent whereby the king was now told hey uh, within these three months the lord has really blessed this person and so david said no no he has to go and get that ark so that uh, he can also benefit from that sense of uh, presence he did not say the bible doesn't say that he said so but you see you can see that the reason why he did that is because he could see and he could hear those a manifestation of the favor of god so the manifest presence of god the presence of god uh, uh, is a is a key unlocking favor being filled with the presence of God is a key for unlocking favor in the old testament is expressed in different ways like the ark of the covenant or God coming down and with through a cloud or in various ways uh, but one thing we see here is a uh, yeah uh, whichever way we look at it is that there's a it's a presence of God and we also see that therefore in the new testament the way God manifests himself is not through the an ark of the covenant or through just the temple it's in in human beings he lives in kingdom citizens yeah he lives in kingdom citizens so you are filled with the manifest presence of god with the oh, you are filled with the presence of god then you will ex, will call you will experience a a, new, a higher dimension of the favor of god so in just making to do a recap is that we have said that uh that uh, we've spoken about three keys for unlocking favor the first is to become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven uh, because that's uh, favor is one of the privileges of the the the, ki- the kingdom uh, of being a kingdom citizen, and the second is that you should be a, a person after God's heart, a person after God's heart, somebody who's committed to do the will of God, and to obey to to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Somebody who's and has an hurry time for God, who have a hunger and thirst for God. Uh, that's a, a person who is uh, after God's heart. And the third key is uh, to be filled with the manifest presence of God. That you be filled with the presence of God. Wherever the presence of God manifests, the presence of the Holy Spirit, there is favor. If, the, if, you, if you are filled with the Spirit, there is a baptism of the Spirit and you continue being refilled as you spend time in prayer, as you spend time in the Word, then whether individually or corporately, they said the favor of God will be manifested. A dimension of favor will come upon you because of uh, that dimension of, uh, of the, 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 that expression of the presence of God. Because I've explained that there are various uh, 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 dimensions of the presence of God in scripture. So, as we conclude the episode, I'd like you to reflect on the following. Uh, three questions. Uh, the first is, are you a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? Are you a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? If so, uh, are you aware of the rights and privileges that accrue to you by virtue of this identity? If not, you should ask yourself why. Why should you stay out 
and, and Jesus has ushered, has, uh, came and ushered a dispensation of favor, a dispensation of a connection to, 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 to the Father and being seated with Jesus at the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and getting all these benefits including favor. Yeah. Second question, would you describe yourself as a person after God's heart? That is a person who is God-centered, a person who is committed to obeying God, to loving with all your heart, mind, and soul, and that love is expressed by obeying his commands, and somebody who has a desire, a hunger, and thirst for God. The third question is, do, uh, to what extent do you value the manifest presence of God in your life? Maybe you see that the problem is that we have some denominations that don't believe in the manifestation, in the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and in the, even though it's there in the Bible, as I've explained, you know, uh, they don't believe. They believe that uh, there is a, a theological school of thought called uh, the cessationist, which believe that after the death of the last apostle, then miracles, God speaking to you. And all kinds of signs and wonders cease because now we have the Bible. So God doesn't speak through in any way except through the, the Bible. So those things like miracles, the spirit of God, prophets, apostles, they don't exist. So you see, that's a, 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 a theological persuasion. However, the Bible has not changed. It's there. If, if after Jesus came, he did not say that he's going to cease. Even it speaks about prophecies being stilled, tongues being stilled, or prophecies. That is when we come to the end of the, the age of being on earth. Yeah, so apostles are still there, prophets are still there, and the, the, the manifest presence of God is there. People are still filled with the Holy Spirit, with new tongues and prophecies, just like we saw in, a, in the book of Acts chapter 2. And we have seen, I've given, I think, like four or five instances in the book of Acts where we see the manifestation of the presence, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the refilling of the Spirit and the, and the, the manifestation of the Spirit in power, like in the, where Paul and Silas were praying and worshipping and the Spirit appeared in prison uh, through a mighty earthquake that loosed everybody. So you see, the Spirit of God is still around the Spirit. So the manifest presence of God is real. And there are many things that happen, and favor is just one of the dimensions of the things that happen when you are filled with the manifest presence of God, when the manifest presence of God is exp expressed in a community of kingdom citizens. <clears throat> so if you have been blessed by this episode, I would like you to share the same, uh, maybe with a friend, a colleague, a family member, or anybody you think may benefit, and uh, to subscribe if you have not, so that you can... Uh, always be kept up to date with the episodes that are in future and then you can also give us feedback through the podcast platform from which you are listening to this message from or the email address provided uh, in the show notes or the social media contacts provided in the show notes I, uh, in our next episode I'll continue to explain and present more keys about uh, more keys for unlocking the favor of God that you are being granted in Christ May God bless you.